Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the fans in the Midwest, but heard coast to coast. The ones that bleed red and yellow. This is the Another Screenplay Chiefs podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Another Screenplay Chiefs podcast. I am your host, Travis Steffen, and we're going to be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs getting a win on Monday Night Football against their rival opponent, the Denver Broncos. And the Chiefs advanced to 6-2, and two, while the Denver Broncos advanced to 3-4. and four. So, the Kansas City Chiefs now have a three-game lead over anyone in the division, which is a very steep hill for the rest of the, the division to try and climb to take over the AFC West. So, I think that the Chiefs have a very... A very sizable lead and very big chance of winning the AFC West. And I said at the beginning of the season, I think that they will win the AFC West. My question is, will they be able to get the first or second seed in the playoffs to get that bye week and a home field advantage? But nonetheless, the Chiefs win in prime time again. An ugly win, but it is a win. So we're going to be talking about the Broncos game, what we saw. Uh, kind of immediate reactions as I've not had a chance to go over the film once more. Um, the film review, the All-22, is not out yet, so uh, that will probably be more of the Friday podcast, uh, talking more in-depth. But let's go over what we saw last night in the Chiefs' victory over the Broncos. D. Ford is out by halftime with more back problems and it's something that's becoming a little concerning um you know he was out for a few games earlier on in the season and then now those back problems are coming back and it's something that is very troubling if you're if you are d4 because you look at the don tari post situation and once he started having those back problems they kept coming around and they kept giving him issues. He wasn't the same player after that. And with D4 being in his fourth year of his rookie contract, and yes, the Chiefs can pick up his fifth-year option next year, if the back problems don't, or if they don't go away and they continue to be an issue, he could find himself not being able to get a big contract. And I, I don't think that the Chiefs should give him a big contract anyway from what we've seen over the last four years. Nonetheless, if his, you know, back keeps having problems, I think that uh, D Ford has had four years to learn from some of the best in the league in Justin Houston and Tom Bahali, and he's pretty much been at a standstill for four years. I think that he's improved a little bit this year. I think he's been quicker on the straight line when the ball is run the other way, but he still can't set an edge. He's still really bad against the run. And 
he's an okay pass rusher. Yes, I know that he had, what, 10 sacks last year, but he was still very inconsistent. He admitted that himself in an interview before the season started. And it was usually against backup right tackles or very poor lines. So, and playing on Justin Houston's side. We have not seen him, one, really be healthy this year, but two, be more consistent, better against the run, do anything but a bull rush. So I'm not sold on D Ford. I was not sold on D Ford last year. I, I expressed that all over social media and, you know, anyone who wanted to talk about it last year. I don't think that D Ford is somebody that I want to I'd like to see them bring more people in. I'd like to see him be replaced at some point if he does not tend to get better over the next, well, rest of the season. Um, But Albert Wilson had more hamstring issues, so he was out in the second half. Another concerning uh, deal, but not quite as much. Um, But the offense overall was very concerning Alex Smith had a bad game uh you know and you you look at you're playing the best defense in the league and I get that and I I put some of that into this perspective but it's not that the Denver Broncos defense were playing better than the Chiefs offense it was Alex Smith was making bad throws we, we saw him overthrowing people. Even when Travis Kelsey did catch the ball, it was almost over and beyond his reach. He had to really go up for every catch that he got. Um, but and we saw him overthrow Tyreek Hill. We saw him throw out of bounds and over uh, Kareem Hunt. He had a bad game. And after the first drive or two, the offense never got anything going. The second half was even worse. Alex Smith threw 5 of 14 for 55 yards in the second half. It was, it was miserable to watch. We come back from halftime, we have this lead, we get the ball, and it's a three and out. So we punt the ball to the Broncos, who muffed the punt. D'Anthony Thomas recovers. But we go three and out again and kick a field goal. And the second half was nothing but field goals. We had... Uh, four field goals in the second half, and that was all our scoring. So the offense just could not get it done, even in the end zone, or red zone. And it, it's very concerning. My, the consistency with this team is what concerns me the most. And that's both sides of the ball. Because every week, we don't know which side of the offense we're going to get. We don't know which side of the defense we're going to get. And that that is my main concern coming into this season. At halfway now into the season... And that is why I am very concerned about a playoff game because we don't know what we're going to get. We're not going into this game knowing that our offense is going to do well or look good. We don't know that our defense is going to do well. We don't know anything going into any game at this point because it's been so back and forth. Last week, the offense looked great. Defense looked like crap. The week before that, yeah, the defense gave up a lot of rushing yards, but other than that, they held their own, only giving up 17 points against the Steelers. Offense couldn't get anything going. So, 
my concern is what we're going to get going into each game. And I will give credit, Alex Smith continued to go deep, and whether you want to chalk that up to Alex Smith or Andy Reid or a little bit of both, they kept going deep, they kept the defense honest, but those deep balls were not accurate. I mentioned him overthrowing, him throwing just off target. It was bad. And it and so that like I said, the Broncos defense did not outplay our offense. It was our offense beating itself up. And it was a classic Chiefs versus Broncos game of who's gonna force the other team to win. And the Broncos just happened to force us to win this time. With five turnovers, you better bet the Chiefs better win that game with five turnovers on the Broncos. And so that's really the only positive thing from this game. And with Kareem Hunt, he he it's his first game without 100 yards from scrimmage. He had 22 carries for 46 yards. The, the offense could not get the run game going either. I think that they ran the ball inside way too much when they should have been attacking the outside um, against that Broncos defense, whose defensive line has held up really well against the run this year. I think that's a failed uh, part on Andy Reid. I think that um, Andy Reid tried to be too cute and with a lot of his plays. I think that he especially in the second half, was just kind of trying to outsmart them instead of just beat them. We we saw way too many plays of that. But one thing I did like, and I think we saw it, I think twice, we fake the bubble screen and we throw it deep. So we get the Denver defense to bite on the screen because they know that Andy Reid and Alex Smith love to throw screen plays. Name drop. But they bite on the screen, and on one of those, Travis Kelsey wide open for days, going across the middle. And I think that was a 19-yard pickup. And that I liked. I really I really liked that. But other than that, we saw Andy Reid trying to be too cute and just win the damn game. We, we saw it with Tyreek Hill's interception, and... My my thoughts on that, Joshua Briscoe from ESPN Kansas City mentioned uh, on Twitter, my wife actually pointed it out to me, that if you liked the Dontari Poe touchdown, you have to like the attempt of the Tyreek Hill. While I get what he's referencing, I don't completely agree. The Dontari Poe touchdown pass was after the two-minute warning when the Chiefs already had the game in the bag in the fourth quarter. There was no real downside to it. Okay, it gets picked off. Well, we already got the game in the bag. There's no chance the Broncos are really going to come back and win that game. So it's not a very big issue if it goes wrong. There's no punishment for it. Whereas in this game, it was probably like six minutes left, I think, in the first quarter. We're up 14 to nothing. Yeah, we got a two-touchdown lead. Okay. But the Broncos have all game to come back. 
And when Tyreek Hill was rolling out, there was no way he should have thrown that ball. He had no business throwing that ball. He should have ran out of bounds or tried to run it in himself because there were three Broncos right there, and he threw it right into the arms of a defender. And that's an example of Andy Reid trying to be too cute. Just punch it in, get the 21 to nothing lead, and let's go. But no, he tried to be cute, and it ended up costing. Now, the Chiefs, of course, still won this game by 10 points, but that wasn't... That definitely was not because of the offense, and you can't say it was because of the defense. Both sides did not play well. Okay? You can say that, uh, oh, well, the defense got four turnovers. Yeah. Trevor Simeon handed us that game. That is my honest opinion, is that if you put a decent quarterback in there for Trevor Simeon, I don't know we win this game. But we saw, to start off the game, we saw Jamal Charles come out, and I think it was their second drive, and he, I think it was his third run, Marcus Peters comes up as, he's tr- as Jamal Charles is trying to push the pile forward and strips Jamal Charles and then picks it up and takes it back for a touchdown. So yes, that was a great play by Marcus Peters, and it's something that we've been waiting to see because we've seen him, instead of going for the tackle, try and strip the ball. And it's been a problem the last couple weeks because he refuses to tackle, and we'll go over that a little more in a minute. But Trevor Simeon threw a bad interception to Marcus Peters later on. I mean, one-on-one against your tight end, you have Marcus Peters... And threw it right to him. Just terrible pass by Simeon. He had another terrible pass when he threw the interception to Ron Parker over a tight end. He threw another interception for his third one in the fourth quarter to Kenneth Acker. That is how bad Trevor Simeon is. He threw a an interception right into the arms of Kenneth Acker. Okay. Then you have the... Like I said, the Jamal Charles fumble, you have the fumble on special teams that DeAnthony Thomas recovered. Five turnovers is what won the Chiefs this game. Because Trevor Simeon is that bad. He should not be in charge of the Broncos offense. And I don't know that he will be after that game. The part that concerns, or I wouldn't say it concerns me, but confuses me is the fact that the Broncos have come out and said that if they did make a quarterback change, it would be first-round pick Paxton Lynch, who has shown no signs of improvement, no signs of really giving a damn. And you brought in Brock Osweiler, who knows this offense, who knows the weapons, and yet he's going to be your third string, even though right now he's your second Very interesting to me, and I really doubt that they will bring in Paxton Lynch next week, especially, I think they're playing the Patriots. I think that Brock Osweiler would be the better option, but, I mean, if you guys want to keep losing games, that's fine with me. The Chiefs have, like I said, a three-game lead on the rest of the division, and if we want to make that bigger, that's fine by me at all costs. I love it. And I love the Broncos 
having these quarterback issues. But the defense, while they had those turnovers, they did not play well, I would say. Uh, you had Steven Nelson come back from injury. Uh, he didn't play the whole game, but he played somewhere around half. I haven't seen the snap counts, but uh, looked overall good. I have to go back and watch the All-22 when it comes out to see what he really did. But first watching, I think that he did pretty well. He was targeted six times, only allowing one. Uh, the real uh, confusing uh, move by Bob Sutton, uh, I think not only for me, but a lot of Chiefs fans was that Terrence Mitchell was benched for Kenneth Acker. And I've argued in place for Terrence Mitchell all year. I think that he's got the real crap end of the stick. I think that, yes, he does have some areas he needs to improve on, but I think that with the amount that he's been targeted, he's the most targeted corner in the league. And when he plays like Marcus Peters, He's going to give up plays. And I'm going to explain this because I had to explain this in a discussion about the same topic where it was taken out of context. I am not saying that Terrence Mitchell is Marcus Peters. I'm not saying that he is as good as Marcus Peters. I'm saying his play style resembles Marcus Peters. He makes plays on the ball. He is physical and aggressive on the ball. He is not a guy that is never going to give up a big play. Marcus Peters gives up big plays all the time. I, w I wouldn't say all the time, but we've seen our fair share of big plays given up by Marcus Peters, even this season. But Terrence Mitchell plays that kind of way. And when you're targeted 15 times, of course you're going to give up more. I get that. And I, th I think that that's what a lot of people are failing to understand is the fact that I don't care what corner you put out there. If they're targeted 15 times, they're going to give up some plays. I don't care if you put a keep to out there. I don't care if you put Richard Sherman out there. I don't care what cornerback it is. They're going to give up some plays and some big plays, especially playing that style of ball. And we've never had an issue with Marcus Peters. Yes. Marcus Peters is better sizably than Mitchell, but you're going to tell me, that Kenneth Acker is a better start than Terrence Mitchell, you are out of your mind. And if you're going to say that Terrence Mitchell does not belong on this team, that he can't even be a fifth cornerback for this team, I'm probably not even going to try and argue with you. I think that is just outright awful of a take. I think that if you're if you're saying that he shouldn't even be the fifth corner on this team, so you're saying that Kenneth Acker, that Philip Gaines, that DJ White are better than Terrence Mitchell? Because those are the other three under him. So you got you have to look at that when you say that he doesn't belong on this team or he should not be starting. Okay, well, who's going to replace him? At this point, we're past the deadline. As I'm recording, it's 3 o'clock. I think it just ended. but So there's no chance of bringing in another cornerback. I agree. They should, they should explore their options in the offseason. But for right now, I think Terrence Mitchell is a way better bet than Kenneth Acker. And I don't think that this is a permanent move. 
I think that Acker played pretty poor. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that he was actually garbage, but, um, you know, we saw the Broncos line Demarius Thomas up over Kenneth Acker all night long. And it's on the Broncos, whether you want to blame Simeon or the coaching staff for not drawing up plays and calling plays and executing plays to get the ball to Demarius Thomas, who's playing against what, a fourth-string cornerback who hasn't played all season long and Emmanuel Sanders is out, so Demarius Thomas is your only option and you decide you're only going to get him the ball, target him nine times? Are you kidding me? So, I think, you know, he Demarius Thomas ended the day with five for 66 and, like I said, that's all on Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon played awful. I don't know that he will start this next game. But in no way, shape, or form did Kenneth Acker play better than Terrence Mitchell. I think that Terrence Mitchell would have played a lot better in this game against a quarterback like Simeon. I think that we could have seen more takeaways if that were the case. I think that Demarius Thomas is the perfect guy for guys like Marcus Peters and Terrence Mitchell to play against because he's not a guy that's going to get big separation. He's a guy that goes to win at the catch point, and that's the, the style of play that both Peters and Mitchell excel at. And these last two games, especially last week, you know, everyone likes to bring up how Mitchell had a bad game last week. He gave up over 100 yards. First off, how much of that came from the first touchdown to Cooper that Terrence Mitchell might have been pushed to the ground on that deep play. How much of it, what, how often was Terrence Mitchell forced to play way off his receiver? The last two weeks, Bob Sutton has had his corners playing way off his receivers. So you have guys like Amari Cooper having a good five to 10 yards between him and the next defender. So of course they're going to give up some plays. That's it. It's very simple. If, if you're t especially, and this is especially for Terrence Mitchell, because yes, Marcus Peters can excel playing off his receivers. Whereas Terrence Mitchell has to be up on the line of scrimmage. In my opinion, that is where he makes his bread and butter. He is a guy that gets his hands on the receiver at the line of scrimmage at the beginning of the play and stays physical and aggressive on the ball. He is not a guy that you drop into deep coverage. And when these last two games he has been deep into coverage, of course he's giving up plays. He's nowhere near the catch point. He's nowhere near the receiver. How can you blame Terrence Mitchell for that? That is on Bob Sutton. And I've defended Bob Sutton from the whole like getting fired aspect. But you have to play your players to excel. You're not going to get success from Terrence Mitchell playing him 10 or 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. It's not going to happen. And when you have a cornerback like that who is very physical and aggressive and right off the line of scrimmage, getting his hands on the receiver, play him at the line of scrimmage. Don't play him so far off. Last week, the whole defense was allowing way too much. 
they were they were playing way off a lot of zone and nobody was on Amari Cooper. It's not like he was beating one-on-one matchups from the line of scrimmage. He was wide open at the start of the play. You know, you have when you have Justin Houston, who we've all had issues with how much he has dropped into coverage, and he is your best his best attribute is rushing the passer. Yet he is being forced to drop into coverage because in Bob Sutton's interview about this topic was that it's not a my the playbook is not about who's doing what. It's how the offense lines up, which decides who rushes after the passer. I'm sorry. I don't agree with that method. I think that when you have select guys who have great attributes, who are the the center of your defense, and what pretty much when they succeed, your defense succeeds, do what they do best. Let Houston rush the passer. Let Mitchell play up on his receivers. Okay? Don't let Eric Murray be going against a tight end who is... 10 inches taller than him and way outweighs him. He can't handle it. Don't play Daniel Sorensen single high. And speaking of, I am still confused with the Daniel Sorensen lining up in the box to play against the run. Okay, since Veach has come into office as the general manager, we have seen new faces at the middle linebacker position. We brought in Kevin Pierre-Lewis. We brought in Reggie Raglan. And we have benched Rameek Wilson. That's something I don't agree with to this point. We have seen Reggie Raglan come in. Not do a whole lot. He's not that thumper that we were praising. That we were wanting to see. We have not seen that. And you can chalk that up to the scheme. You can chalk that up to the limited amount of snaps. But the run game is still a problem. And I am really confused on the fact that we are benching Rameek Wilson, who came out in training camp and preseason looking light years better than last year, especially against the run. Yet we continue to bench him. I get the fact that Veach wants to play Raglan and he brought these guys in and Rameek Wilson was brought in by Dorsey. I don't want to play all that political BS. When you have a player that is not performing and not living up to the standards when you traded him for him, you've got to put in the guy that will win. A guy that looked better against the run all preseason and in the beginning of the season before Raglan came in, yet he is benched and is still a huge issue with the run defense, giving up 177 yards and a touchdown. Week after week, the run game's a problem. Will we see a change? I highly doubt it. It's not. It's nothing new that the Chiefs' defense under Bob Sutton is struggling to stop the run. It's an every-year thing. They're ranked in the 20s. 
it's it's the style of defense that he plays that Ben don't break yet. Recently, it's been more of a break, especially last week against the Raiders. But all in all, I think it was an ugly win, but it was a win. We came out six and two, still one of the few teams in the race for that one and two seed. So it's something to be positive about, but still a lot of concern. I don't know what we're going to see each week. I go into every game concerned because I don't know what we're going to see. What, which offense are we going to see? Which defense are we going to see? They finally got Travis Kelsey involved. Like I said, I told you guys leading up to this game that the way to beat the Denver Broncos defense is get Kelsey the ball. And they did. He had 10 targets, bringing in 7 of those for 133 yards and a touchdown. Great game for Travis Kelsey. You had Tyreek Hill, who was pretty quiet, 2 for 38. Kareem Hunt had 3 catches for 22. Robinson only had 1 catch for 5 yards. He had a drop on a deeper pass. He basically heard the footsteps and got lit up. But... That was another thing I wanted to see. I wanted to see Robinson excel against a good defense. But I'm not going to chalk it up is that he can't because I think that this was just a really bad game for Alex Smith. If Alex Smith was playing like he was against the Raiders, who, yes, have a bad defense, if he was playing like he was against the uh, Redskins even, I think that we would have seen Robinson have a better game. But... All in all, bad, hard-to-watch game, lots of field goals, but came out with a win. So I guess we should be happy about that. Um, I'll be going over the film, the All-22, as the week goes on, and I'll let you guys know what I see from there. And we will talk again on Friday. So uh, until then, look for articles on Arrowhead Addict. I put out one today that was about what we learned from this game. And I'll probably put another one out before Friday on this team and what we should expect. So keep an eye out on that. But as always, thank you for listening to the Another Screenplay Chiefs podcast over on Blog Talk Radio. And I will talk to you guys Friday. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.